A Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. We're back with another episode of The Wellness Collective. Cecilia. Hello. You're looking very youthful today. Oh, thanks. Mm. Yeah, that's probably because I'm like four foot nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I actually think that that's part of the reason. Yeah, yeah. It's like midget, so you must be 12. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you're never going to age. You're always going to be 12. Mm. I am ageless. Mm. Um, Well, uh, interesting you say that because today that's what we're talking about. We're talking about age and and how you feel and the perception and all of that because for us women, it's an issue. It really oughtn't be, but it is. Totally. Mm. Do you know we promised the audience before we actually introduce our guest today, we did promise we're going to start reading some reviews because, well, truthfully, it's maybe our way of making you leave one. (laughs) (laughs) Transparency. Just transparency is great. We'd love five stars, just putting that out there. Yeah, I think Um, people have been taking note of that. If Mm. you're going to make the effort to rate something, don't put four stars there. Why would you do that? Just go all the way. <laughs> That's the course, unless you don't really like it. Just don't leave one at all. Um, I really love this one. Jason the Cow left. <laughs> Jason the Cow left this review. Mm. Man of many words. Great info. Love it. Oh well, sometimes less is more. I agree. Another less is more. Is as a. Eighty-nine. I'm assuming she was born in 1989. The podcast is 10 out of 10. Love you guys. Oh, that's good. I know. She would have given us five stars, no oh, doubt. Hopefully she reviewed twice with two five stars <laughs> then to make up the 10. Hey, you might have heard some giggles there that didn't belong yes. to you. <laughs> they belong to our guest today. Please introduce yourself. Oh, hello. It's Joe Stanley. Hello, Joe Stanley. Yes. I don't know. People say, uh, you know when you have to fill in your... Uh, um, oh, the title o- bit? Occupation. Mm. On like recently for I was donating blood. Mm. I don't know what to say. Mm. I never so know I go, what to say. I thought, I, human? I um, broadcaster. Broadcaster I say now, is but very good. It sounds very wanky. Don't no, you I love a title <laughs> that actually tells me what somebody does because there's a lot mm. of people out there that have these like really. I'm like, like project manager. What does that mean? Yeah. Project manager is a real, that's not indicative of what they do because it could be in production, like in a factory project yeah. manager, or it could be, you know, an event manager. Totally. Or it could be film. Broadcaster. Or, or, we know exactly or, what you're doing. No, I have a friend who works on like digital projects and she's a project manager. Right. See? So what to make that? a website happen. Okay, sure. She has to bring all the parts together. Mm, yeah. So she's not clear. No. Although I'm glad you said digital because it always makes me laugh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Say <laughs> 20th century. I love it. Digits. <laughs> anyway, um, All right, well, but you've 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 had me in here. You've yes. had me. Oh gosh, I, I don't know what's happened. That sounded quite aggressive because of something I wrote. So I could say columnist. That that's very fancy. I reckon being mm. a columnist, especially these days where magazines are sort of a dying art. So mm, but would you be a col- This is really not that interesting. <laughs> would you be a columnist know. online? You'd still be a columnist? Mm, digital. Digital go. columnist. Which anyone, again. Who needs, <laughs> anyone who needs help with their job title, just throw us a review and we'll read it out and help you. Oh, <laughs> anyway, man. the reason we did get you in today to join us on the Wellness Collective was because you wrote this article that I read and I was like, Joe, you have to come and talk to us about this because it is an issue that many women face. Let's say 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, women of all ages have this Mm. issue Mm. and it is being judged on your age. Yes. So 
I will fill you in if you haven't seen the column. It was for the Sunday Life magazine and uh, it was about the fact I had just finished emceeing a charity gig, which if you ever spend any time on stage for any kind of presentation, when you've had a good one, you're a little cock-a-hoop, mm. you know. As you should be. It's <laughs> a big room to, to You know, this entertain. was a big room. There were like 700 very fancy people mm. and it had been awesome and I was, you know, I had a strut on. Let's of course. say that. And I was moving through the crowd accepting my thank yous. As you should. <laughs> Bring it on. Very graciously. It was a black tie affair and they'd raised a lot of money. It was the Starlight Foundation. So you feel really good about yourselves because there's beautiful children involved. And, you know, anyway, this guy just struts up to me and out of nowhere says, you don't look like you're 45. And what are you supposed to say to that? Well, what I did say was, oh, um, Thanks, I guess. And he says, oh, I Googled you. And I'm like, well, obviously you were very engaged by my presentation. <laughs> you used to be sitting up the back of the room so bored that you felt you needed to Google me. No, he just couldn't get it out of his system. It's like when you're like, is that person still alive when you're watching a movie? Oh, uh, yeah. And you're like, you have to find out right then. So he's there going, I thought she was dead, but here she is. <laughs> That would have been worse. No. Ernie Sigley and Joe Stanley, are they alive? Um, <laughs> to be honest, is Ernie Sigley? Is Ernie Sigley? No, I just <laughs> might have to Google that. Google it now. Quick, Google it because I don't know. Ernie Sigley. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> I can't get my fingers to work quick enough. Anyway, so you were so he says thinking. I Google it mm. and I. I was like, oh, whatever, you're confusing me, I'm walking away. But then I was quite put out by it because Mm. um, I just think you don't look like you're 45 is a statement that comes from him assuming that a certain person needs to look a certain way when they're 45. And that enrages me because don't, don't, make a generalisation about the way women need to look. And I do look like I'm 45. It's just that I had spent a lot of time, as all women do, trying to look younger than I do. And that enrages me too because I'm like, why can't I just let the whiskers grow in my chin? <laughs> I can't keep up with them. There's so many, you know. And, and if that man had seen me without my Spanx and my bra that was keeping my boobs up, he would know that I'm very saggy. And, you know, not to mention, like, I, I have very crepey eyelids that disturbs me a lot. I my The lip line, like, you know that line where the in between your lip and your face? Yeah. That's disappeared for me now. There's no line anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened to it, but I can't. I put lipstick on and I don't know where to stop. <laughs> it just, it just I'm keeps going. where I'm going. <laughs> Hang on, it's a it bit big. A, it's, yeah, it could end up in my nostril because there's no delineation there's no, anymore. There's no, but this is obviously why women go and endure plastic surgery. I've considered getting a lip line little injection. Really? Yes, I've thought about it, but I'm told it's very painful. Yeah, and you end up and looking I'm all like trouty. Oh, no, you don't have to. You can get just the line done. Oh, oh okay, like drawn it. on. Mm, but then you'll end up like an old lady with a weird line on your lip. Not the no. tattoo. Oh. No, it's like, it's, I don't look, I've... Googled you've, it a lot. You've, you've, <laughs> talking about Google, that. How's Ernie Seagley going? Um, <laughs> I think he might still be alive. Oh, apologies, Ernie. Sorry, Ernie. <laughs> um, and I have Googled countless times mm. that eyelid job that they can get oh, where your yes. crepiness yes. is sort of taken away. Yes. I Google that a lot. But isn't it interesting? Because obviously, you know, I, I don't know whether you were thinking about these things before this man brought up, you know, the year you were born. Mm. Oh, heaven forbid. Mm. Um, but 
I wouldn't say any of those things were apparent if I met you. I wouldn't walk away going, boy, your chin's a bit whiskery and, gee, your lips are a bit, you know, Wobbly. disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> and how about those crepey eyelids? Like we're very hard on, on ourselves, ourselves yeah. aren't we? We are and obviously you see changes in yourself because, mm. I mean, why do we look? We examine ourselves endlessly, don't we? The moustache hairs are the ones that I find. <gasps> Shocking. Absolutely baffling. Why are they coming along? Where mm. are they? Hormonally? Is there an issue? No, it's part of just the changes. Mm. <laughs> moustache. I'm fully moustached. Like I, I have to wax. I've never bad. waxed mine, but I probably should. <laughs> I got told once I had to by the, the oh. hairdresser and I went, well, all right. Well, while I'm wow. here, that's pretty bad that I've been walking around being the lady with the moustache and not even aware of it. This is the thing. You don't want people to not tell you. Mm. You know, oh. I want someone to say, hey, by the way, did you know there's a whisker an inch long that you've missed? <laughs> I don't get them here. I get random ones on my cheeks that are literally overnight are like four centimetres. Mm. And I'm like, last time I had one of those, I put it on Instagram and I was like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. It's and so yeah, great. You've got to share it. so funny. You know, well, it's just funny. We've got to laugh at funny. this, right? And, and I find myself in traffic, I'll find a whisker. Because, you know, your fingers will just sort of glance over it as you're sitting in the traffic lights and you'll go, ooh, ooh, that's a ripper. And then I'll fondle that all day. Yes. (laughs) By the end of it, I've given it a name and I've become quite fond of it. (laughs) And then I'm just going to pluck the shit out of you when I get home and I get a good magnifying glass on you. But the thing (laughs) is, I guess, that also enraged me about this man is that he had, an, uh, you know, his perception of what a 45-year-old woman is, I guess, is perhaps someone who should be mumsy or more conservative or perhaps more appropriately dressed, whatever that means. And we don't have enough representations of women over 40 in our media for us to actually know that there are all different kinds of 40-plus women. Mm. There's all different kinds of everything, really, isn't there? Uh, But but we only ever see the women that are trying to look younger. And God bless them. You know, I feel like we're getting more and more women of that age and up on television. But at the same time, like Sonia Kruger you can guarantee that woman spends so much time Mm. trying not to look her age. Absolutely. But, I mean, if you flip that, I was always, and I know that no one's actually trying to look 45, I guess, and maybe unless you're 60, but no one, you know, in their (laughs) 20s is like, today I want to look 45, unless maybe it's a fancy dress or Halloween. But don't you reckon there was that girl that you went to school with that always looked like they were 45 and they were 17? But I was that, I was short, I was little, and I always tried to look older based on the fact that, you know, I couldn't get into a nightclub. I wasn't trying to look 45, (laughs) but I was certainly trying to always look older until a certain time where I'm like, okay, I'm good now. I'm happy to be this age. But that version of older was being sexual. Hmm. Mm, You know what I I mean? Like I I reckon in our teens when we wanted to play act of being a woman, it was about being overtly sexual and feeling like that we were very mature and that we could be a bit naughty and, you know, whereas um, that as we're discovering, is not what it is to be. No, true, true. <laughs> Do you know 40s. what, though? I got asked for, um, I got carded oh. last time I was in the US buying that's C- right. CBD oil, <laughs> which is kind of not legal in Australia, but that's fine. What is CBD oil? Cannabis oil. Oh, right. But it's therapeutic. You're, you're allowed to have it. You're just not allowed to sell it or buy it. Um, but he, he asked me for ID and I was like, serious? And I said, just out of curiosity, how old do I need to be to buy this? And mm. he said, 21. I said, do you want to ask me again? <laughs> I'm sure I don't think I heard Sorry, you properly. I didn't hear you. Um, but it was really interesting mm. to be asked as a 40-year-old woman, mm. can I have some ID? Like, but see, sure. and you're flattered by that, you know. And when I wrote the article, I had a lot of people 
uh, it was interesting. I had a very polarizing response and a polarized response, excuse me. And um, there were a lot of women who were like, what's the matter with you? Just take a compliment and shut up. Um, In exactly that voice. Yes, of course. (laughs) And I guess I can see their point. It is flattering. It's better than being told, geez, you look 75, (laughs) I guess. But I don't define myself by the way I look and I also know that it's a lie, that I am 45 and I look 45. But you you weren't trying to not be. No, but his version of whatever that age is, is someone who shouldn't be me. Yeah, mm, which like is it. a weird thing to process. It's really, yeah, yeah. and and I guess um, I don't want to ever be pigeonholed into looking a certain way and no one should be. No. I remember my mum always saying to me that she's still 18 inside. Mm. You know, I remember thinking, mum, what are you... Did, no, you're not. But she was saying mentally she still feels the same and as she did. And do you understand that now? I do. Yeah. I totally understand that now. And I think, though, there comes a time where you are happy to draw a line in the sand. And I think for some women they may never get to this, mm. but I feel like for me it was about when I turned 40 where I went, okay, this is me mm. and if I want to dress like that, that's how I'm going to dress. I'm going to just go with what feels right. Mm. And and I reckon you're the same because you create your own sense of style and yes. the skin that you're in you become comfortable in. And if someone else has a problem with that, that's, mm. that's their problem, isn't I, it? I do think, though, that we're conflicted in that mm. um, it is almost impossible to separate yourself from the messages of the world that defines beauty as youth right? Mm. Um, It's almost impossible to separate ourselves from seeking value in the way we look. And the older we get, the better we are at it, I think. But it's still, I mean, it's still in your head. My mum's 74 and she still has moments where like, oh, I don't look great or whatever. I'm like, mum, you're 74. You're healthy. You're amazing. You're incredibly strong and, you know, you're active and, and you look incredible just because you're so healthy. It doesn't matter whether this outfit looks great. But, you know, you can't separate yourself from the notion that you should look great. Yeah. Well, I think also when you feel like you look good, don't you just feel better anyway? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then I think as you grow older, Cess, what you're saying is that you understand that you want to be, you want to present yourself as an expression of who you really are Mm. and it doesn't matter whether people approve of that. But even then, that can be hard. Like, I mean, it I... It can. It can be hard to go shopping. I, I don't know I, how to dress. I, I, I literally don't know how to dress. <laughs> I put clothes on and I go, well, either I feel like I'm wearing my mother's wardrobe... Yes, or my daughter's. Or, yes! <laughs> Have I wandered into a teenager's yes, wardrobe yes. somehow? I think, but then I go, but that's because I can't find the right designers. They're, they're out there. But I think this is the difficulty as well with being in, you know, what is defined as like 35 to 45 or 35 to 50 is you're in that next age bracket, which mm. is, you know, you're you're a mum or you're a um, executive or, you know, you've stepped beyond being in your 20s where you can go to Sports Girl and those mm. sort of shops that are aimed at, you know, um, quick fashion. Mm. But then where do you go? I don't know. It's really difficult because when you do step into the quick fashion, everything's a crop top. It is and hideous. You know, <laughs> even if you are feeling really secure in, in yes. how you look, the crop top is maybe not your friend. No, and the fabrics are so thin that I'm like, you know, I could just be wearing a petticoat and <laughs> the cellulite is not, oh, not no. what I want the world to see. No. But again, uh, you know, that's where as a feminist and as someone who's deeply passionate about, you know, our true selves are our soul, not that egoic creation that our brain tells us that we are. Mm. 
then I think, well, you know, let's just embrace the cellulite as well. You know, you see, I tell you, the younger generation of girls, I celebrate the fact that they will wear shorty shorts. Mm. They'll have their little little cheeks hanging out. They don't don't care care. of their size, of their shape. They're just out there. And I just go, sister, when we were in the late 80s, early 90s, in a million years, why why are you not consumed with self-loathing like we were? Yeah. They're we've amazing. We've done something right then, haven't we? I feel like we have. Yeah. Actually, again, I, really I do refer back. Totally. I do refer back to the research of my new book because what I learnt was that this generation are actually the most well-behaved, the most respectful. Like, basically, they're all the things that we're not. Um, and that what we constantly think that, or I don't know why, telling them all the things that they're doing wrong, mm. that were actually the things that we were doing wrong, not actually what they're doing yes. wrong. We're reinforcing this into them. So actually we just need to be more on board and kinder because they're actually far, they surpass us in terms of oh, everything. I think their generation is astounding. They are so engaged with social conscience, mm. with making a difference in the world. They are so on board as far as climate change and ch- stopping that. And their notion of self is really empowering. Um, um, I, you know, I've watched many episodes of Girls with my husband and, you know, Lena Dunham will be riding a, a, a bicycle in yes. bikinis, yes. right? <laughs> and my husband's like, oh, why is she doing that? Like he's so uncomfortable with her in her bikinis on a bike. And I'm like, because, babe, she wants to. Yeah. Let her do it. Yeah. Why are you judging her like that? He's like, oh, because, I mean, look at her. And I'm like, yeah, great. Because it feels good for her right now to be on a bike in bikinis. Yeah. Well done, her. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Which, which is a whole conversation about the Me Too thing. Hey, let's have a quick break and we'll come back. We've got plenty more to talk about. We're here talking with Joe Stanley all about, I guess we're talking about not body image at the moment, but mm. that's what we were just touching on, I guess, and how this generation, we got to praise them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think ageing is is intertwined with body image yes. enormously. Absolutely. You know how you say that, though? I feel like I am stronger and fitter and healthier now than I was and more aware of my body mm. than I was mm. probably when I was 20. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I think it's because when you're in your 20s, unless you are really into exercise, which I wasn't. Mm. I was more into your arts and your mm. drinking than, than in <laughs> sure. your... They yeah, go together, arts and drinking. I was going to say you were mm. artistic in your drinking. I was, yeah, <laughs> I think there was a bit of that that went on, potentially. Thankfully, not so much these days. But to me, exercise was just something that was a bore. I just wasn't interested. Unless I was running around in the park playing footy mm. with the boys that I lived with and I knew and stuff. I just it just wasn't my thing. Yeah. But I look mm-hmm. back and I think, what a wasted opportunity in yes. some ways. But then it's taken me this long... And having children and going through all the things that your body can can do, which I think is you have a new appreciation for your body. After I think that it too. is that, isn't it? Like you do, definitely. Physically, you like wow, I did that. Um, and even if you haven't had children, I think uh, I'm. I go to Pilates and I think, well, I can still pull out an ab crunch series. Yeah. So. Yeah, and those, those- you aging. Absolutely. And those that haven't had children, I'm like, and I'm so envious of your pelvic floor right yes, now. Yeah. <laughs> and your core. Um, but Ooh. I think what you're speaking about there, Cess, is that there's different kinds of energy 
And I actually was learning about this through a, a meditation series I, I did um, that Deepak Chopra yeah, had on tell his us website. About that. But he's was kind of, I mean, you know, a sum total of a few of them that I've done with him. But um, he was speaking about how, you know, we, we see energy as being youth, right? But actually there's physical, there's mental, there's spiritual and there's emotional energy. And, um, you know, as we get older, that physical energy that we associate with being young and active and all that sort of stuff, that becomes less important. But what we have in its place is this incredible spiritual energy and the energy of being mentally strong and emotionally strong. And that feeds us physically in a different way. And I think that's what we engage with as we get older. I think, and I think that's what, that that is something that is until you're aware of that can really be the missing piece of, you know, tying that all together, right? Mm. That that spiritual aspect and that knowing um, often doesn't come until later. No, and it's a shame because when you discover it, you think, oh, why didn't I have this when I was in <laughs> yes. my 20s and in oh. my prime? But how much, how much easier <laughs> would it have been as well? Like, I don't know, I just remember my 20s. I feel like all I did was feel, feel guilty about all the choices that I made. Mm. That's my reflection mm. on my okay. 20s. Yeah, I had and a lot of guilt. Yeah, I had so much guilt. Self-loathing and yes. guilt, yeah. And then my 30s were all about having children and I literally, I feel like I gave my body up to them. You know, if I wasn't pregnant, I was Plus feeding you Working and writing books. I did and that too. Yeah, a few other things. A couple of things. Yeah. And then <laughs> 40s now, well, I've only just turned 40, um, but I feel like now I don't really care. <laughs> I actually yeah. don't care. Well, I guess what I should say is I don't care what others think about me. Yeah, and that is that is essentially you becoming closer to the true core of you and being able to silence that ego state that mm-hmm. we get from external forces, which poisons your brain. Totally. But I know that mm-hmm. I'm far, you know, happier in myself if I am doing the right things and I am, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a lot of boxes to tick, mm-hmm. but it's all about that self-care and I probably have a little bit more time for that now too, you know. Mm-hmm. The whole idea too that sort of for a long time women sort of disappeared from the age of 40 to 50. Yes. yes. It was like... Where did they go? Well, they were around. What did they just but say? no one My mother them. used to carry on, I've become invisible. Yes. Yeah, and right. it's it's the thing that's been written a lot about. I've become... And that, you know, middle-aged women do become invisible. And I, I've kind of felt that a bit. I mean, no one cares because you're not something that you'd pick up at a bar, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Is that why? I like I that invisibility, though. I, I think that's been. a good part of it. I've never heard this before. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, in the 80s and 90s, I feel like that was written a lot about. And na- interestingly, my mum now that she's sort of stopped dyeing her hair and she's what she describes as a little old lady, suddenly she's visible again right. because I think people respond to our senior people in the city more than middle-aged women. And she's really pulling out the old lady card and she'll say, oh, you know, if you just say to some lovely young man, could you help me with that? Oh, they'll do all manner of things for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mum, I'm going to come home and you'll have someone painting your house and you just ask him in to move a pot. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. You've got to make it work That's for you. That's a superpower in itself. It's yeah. definitely a thing, especially yeah, when you go back to looking at films, mm-hmm. uh, television. Yes. Um, right. but, but I think we're in a fortunate position whereby we do have a – a handful of women who are in that age bracket now who haven't disappeared. Yes. You know, you think like Rebecca Gibney and I remember hearing an interview with her recently and she was saying, I am the best I have ever been at 50 Mm. because I am making choices that I want to make and I'm at about you know, um, work that she's working on as an actor and she's producing her own work and that kind of stuff. So the confidence that you build throughout that time, I guess if you're not ever being taken seriously, then you lose all that confidence. That's really... Yeah, and I think I I feel like 
uh, without those role models, like for my mum's generation, perhaps there weren't the kinds of role models that we have now, mm. like Rebecca Gibney, or even, you know, people like Oprah and Michelle Obama and yes. Ellen DeGeneres. And, you know, we in Australia, we've got Julie Gillard and like all the beautiful women like Denise Scott and, you know, they're, yeah. they're everywhere. Yeah. Well, for my mum's generation, they probably didn't have that many role models to go, okay, don't disappear. Well, I think we Your have the Your voice advantage. is important. Yeah, and the advantage of having the internet and blogs and True, podcasts. exactly. And, and one of the other reasons when I read your article, it really resonated with me is I, uh, if you've listened to this podcast, you would have heard me complaining about my sore back this year. It's a very exciting how's, topic. How's feeling there? Yeah, it's feeling good, thanks. Mm. But I did go to the physio a little while ago. Physio wasn't my usual physio. He was, let's say, 26, uh, who had been used to dealing with uh, sports injuries. Oh. And uh, when I lay down on the table and I told him what was going on, he said, oh, don't worry about this. This is a really common problem in middle-aged women. Oh. You invited him to dinner, didn't you? Ouch. Yeah, you're in, mate. I said to him, I said, I I wouldn't have put myself in that category, actually, middle-aged. But it was funny because, I mean, what he was saying was probably quite accurate. You know, mm, you're, you're, We're in the middle of our ages. Well, shh, about that bit. <laughs> I had presented with an issue that, you know, a lot of women who have had children and have got terrible core strength are dealing with. So from his perspective, that all was mm. perfectly normal. Mm. But the term really made my skin crawl. I thought, what is this? This label has really upset me. Do we need a different term then? I think so. Well, because, mm. I mean, middle age does imply conservative, frumpy, Mumsy. Safe, mumsy. Safe. But see, mumsy again. Like, what's wrong with being mumsy? Because you can be a kick-ass mum. Like, True. Oh, I love the mum in Incredibles. You know? oh, yeah, yeah, she's, she's good. amazing. That's what I sort of associate with mumsy now because I'm like, well, you know, you don't have to be just Mrs Brady. No. Do you think, <laughs> though, that this is something that men have as much trouble with as we do? I would suggest not. I don't like to make generalisations because I've not asked any men about that. <laughs> Let's <laughs> assume in this bubble of, of female. <laughs> but I guess it's it, – oh, here are the differences. One is they fre- they can and frequently do continue to have children well into their 70s. Mm. So for us, our infertility that comes with age just by nature makes us feel older yep. and like we have literally passed a use by date. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. And – Two, um, we are far less likely to partner with very much younger people, whereas mm-hmm. men do without any comment. No one comments on mm-hmm. that. Whereas mm-hmm. when women do, mm. Mm. I remember mm. Madonna and uh, oh, yes. Kylie Minogue's good at it too, isn't she? Yes, and Boy. people always just, well, I had a friend recently who married someone younger and, you know, oh, I, I hear he's a lot younger. I'm like, well, good yes, luck to her. I know. And? They're, and? they're very in love. So that's two what humans. You that's two humans in love. She didn't marry a horse. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the third thing is, I guess, I guess we see men are not. It doesn't impact their career or what they choose to do with their mm. lives in the same way. I think for women, it does I, sometimes. I think our cycles are more obvious. We kind of go through seven to ten year cycles as women that are actually very obvious. Whereas men kind of just. I reckon there's only two or three obvious cycles in their mm. physical appearance and their ability to do things. I don't think it's the same and that's why I think that plays in as well. Mm. You know, we are, we go through a phase of, yes, they're supporting us whilst we're having children but we carry the child. So we go through this phase of, of motherhood that's, you know, you're pregnant and then you're breastfeeding yes, and then yes. there's this phase. But prior to, I don't know, I just feel like men kind of 
don't, they kind of a, I don't want to use the middle-aged term, but they're either young men, middle-aged or old. And they go and buy a sports car, let's face it. Yeah, and there's no menopause to mark the age for them. Mm. That's right. There's There's no no, actual, well, now your body has stopped doing what it used to do and now what is it for? Yes. Well, making scones. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it's just this, this, I think there is a very... very loud, sort of invisible but loud line in the sand that society sees around menopause, which I hate so much. Um, I still think it's a real, it's like a little cloud that just hangs over your shoulder because people don't know about it. They don't talk about it. I guess it's it's like, you know, when you get your period for the first time, you're aware that it's mm, going to come. Mm. But quite often it, it's a surprise when it actually does mm. occur. I think menopause is kind of the same thing. You know it's coming. Oh, but it's well, a, I don't I think people are talking about amorphous. it more and more now. And also I think it comes more than, like with the period, I think the signs of, you That's know, right. are a lot more subtle and then suddenly it's there. Whereas with, you know, perimenopause is upon you from 40 onwards. 35. Mm, 35. 35. Yeah. 35, people freak out when I say that to them. Like, you're not going through menopause in this second, but from 35 we're said to be in perimenopause. I just think that it's a really big chunk of time that we just can be put into this basket of, I actually think it's 30 to 50. We don't really look at, the again, the cycles that we're going through. It's just like you're in that age group now. Mm. And women in the clinic will say to me, oh, you know what, my periods are really changed. I'm like, yeah, they're supposed to. Mm. But no one talks about it. Mm. So they're just like, there's something wrong with me. I'm like, no, no. Perfectly fine. Supposed mm. to get lighter. Enjoy that because yeah. they're going to get heavier, and then they're going to, you know, they're gonna, you're going to find yourself in a situation where it's probably flooding. But I do think, though, because I was recently, I, I do this show, House of Wellness, which I really love, and mm. we have we bring stories about all different versions of health and wellness. And oh, it and, sounds really familiar. <laughs> Except yours is on TV. <laughs> <laughs> and it is on TV. Um, I don't know which came first. Um, but the um, – so we were doing this sort of roundtable conversation about menopause and, um, you know, they had all these sort of natural remedies and things you're supposed to do, you know, before you go on HRT or if HRT is right for you, whatever, and blah, blah, blah. And I kept saying, yeah, that's fine. But when women are saying to you, as a lot of my friends are, they have not slept for a year mm-hmm. and they are delirious telling them to eat a little bit more sweet potato <laughs> is probably not going to help because oh. those women are distraught. Absolutely. <laughs> they are so tired. They are so very tired. <laughs> and more yam? What are you, what? <laughs> you know, it's just so it's so dismissive of the actual process of going through menopause. So there's a couple of things there, though. <laughs> I would say this is so ugly. Too. I know, right? Someone's going to hand you one. You'd be like, "Go away! <laughs> I just need to sleep. Don't you understand the Put night? My the night sweats. Oh. I, I absolutely." I totally agree with this, but it's also the same idea as when someone just tells you that you just need to relax. You're like, and I'm going to punch you in the face with the yam. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Bonk you on the head. She looks very, it's actually quite a handy utensil. To touch <laughs> Some of those yam. big ones you can get, those oh, yeah, big sweet potatoes, big don't damage you. Oh, I know, but I think that the, the challenge is that we really dismiss why that's happening? We don't. We look at the well. How can I? How can I fix that? It's like, well, maybe we just look at why. Mm. Like, are we looking at why that's happening? 
because your adrenals are probably exhausted. So let's fix them and then everything happens better. But I think we're also living in a time since we're talking about menopause is because we're so busy and so under the pump and there's just so much more than there's ever been ever in Mm. the history of us transitioning through menopause um, is that our our adrenals just can't cope anymore. So women are actually experiencing menopause for far longer than we ever have been. So the really? symptoms are drawn out because mm. your adrenals are supposed to take... Oh, here, let's have a lesson. Yeah. Your adrenals are supposed to take on the role of your... Ov- your ovaries are supposed to... Sorry. Your ovaries are supposed to pass their job onto the adrenals. But because the adrenals are so overworked, the adrenals are like, not today, Sally. Not today. Not going to happen. So that's why this is happening. So, yeah, mm. the, the yam ain't going to fix the adrenals. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, yeah, and, I, and I guess that, that, that is reflective of uh, a thing that I've heard a lot of women are sort of 40 and up. Up, say, although younger as well, as as more and more women are being vocal about whatever their issues are um, physically, women are just not listened to. Oh, and, of course and particularly not. when mm. it's about our reproductive health or our hormonal health or whatever it is about being a woman, just not listened to. And so a woman might go present to her GP because she doesn't know where else to go. Mm-hmm. I'm really struggling with my menopausal symptoms. Oh, well, you've got this HRT or um, mm. you can take a multivitamin. There's yes. nothing in between. No. Because that are dismissed as, well, that's just a part of the process. Well, but I'm, I'm actually losing my mind because mm. I haven't slept. Help me. Well, I can't help you. I Sorry know. about that. And, I think, and it happens with endo. It happens absolutely. with you know, so many different things. I think the hard part also is, and what I've identified in these circumstances is there's often people giving advice that haven't ever experienced it. Mm. So something like period pain, if you go to your doctor and she's never had period pain in her life, she can't actually sympathise with you. And part of the problem in diagnosis of something like endo, let's use that as an that as an example, is that because she hasn't experienced it and because we're up until now really not talking about it, it it's dismissed mm. because it's not really a thing to her. Mm. It's not something she's ever known. So I think the more we can talk about these things, I think the better it becomes. At, 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 uh, we become better at identifying what's actually going on. I think it's actually a bit of the me too thing as well. Like, you know, if you look at equality, people get all up in arms about, oh, it's about, you know, all men are this and all men are that. No, no. It's it's when we go to the doctor, we mm. want to be taken as seriously mm. as the man who is going in because he's got a heart problem, you know, yeah. like or a sore foot or whatever his mm. problem is. It shouldn't be that that we're hysterical and the that our femaleness is is taken any less seriously. And I think there's so many layers and levels to that that has been sort of brought up, but it gets kiboshed by this whole mm. women are trying to say men are this and men are that. Well, no, no, we're trying to say... Listen just, to us. Just listen to us. Hear us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean... Uh, we are frequently dismissed as hysterical. And I'm frequently hysterical, so that's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's sort not, of but so, don't dismiss me no, when no. I'm hysterical because I'll only get more hysterical. Exactly. <laughs> it makes it worse. We all know that. Yes. Not yours, everybody's. No, no. no, no but me too. Absolutely. And actual me too. So Before yeah. we go, for our daughters, we all actually have daughters, the three of us, but, you know, in a more general sense, what can we do to... Make this easier for them. <coughs> Buy them a book. <coughs> Beautiful. Oh, of course. <laughs> Sorry, as you're saying. Yes. Well, once we've bought the book and read that, of course. <laughs> but apart from the book, uh, I had a, uh, I had my first um, conversation the other day about periods with my daughter. She's oh, six. How did that go? Well, I opened my drawer and she saw the stuff yes. in my drawer and she goes, what's that? Yes. And I said, oh, that's for when you get your period and that's when... I just said, that's when blood comes out of your bottom. It's okay. It happens to all the girls. It's not much fun. But Don't say whatever. bottom. 
front well, bottom, six. back bottom, like vagina. It's vulva. Well, it's not. <laughs> this vagina. is me. I'm like, I'm starting the conversation. Well, you scared the crap out of me that I'm going to bleed out my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Don't it's say called, bottom. That's called hemorrhoids. That happens at some point too. <laughs> <laughs> like she's terrified that she's going to go to the toilet one day. She's just going to be. Oh, well, just, uh, Blood. That's awesome. <laughs> Does, do babies come out my bottom as well? I haven't had that conversation yet. No, no, they don't. But I don't want to have the conversation about how they get in there just yet. Yes, so. but you can make it factual. Yeah. This is what we have to do. Yes. I don't worry. I have. I'm, yes, good, good. You know. going. Tell us the story about the bottom. Anyway, so that was where I left it. I was That's like, you, you don't need it, to okay. worry about it, but it's totally. just something that happens. And when you're a big girl. But they're not emotionally attached to that. So we no, have emotions is, around all of things, mm. whether it's, you know, your sexual relationships or interactions or your whatever, your period, mm. they're not. So if you just dish the facts up, mm. then they're like, it's oh, true. okay, and they move on. Yeah, yep. that, that's 100% true. Like, And also they're very good at attaching meaning that they can gather mm. and, and everything else that age appropriate doesn't fit with their stage. Yeah, they chuck it out. They don't hear it. No. It just goes totally. over their head. And then a year later they'll ask the question again and they'll absorb a little bit more yes. and then a little bit more. Mm. So, yeah, the notion that people are protective of the information that we give to our children is so dumb. And that, as you say, that's an adult meaning that yeah. we're imposing on the way they hear that mm. message. But uh, <laughs> I guess for my daughter, firstly, I've never, ever, ever made comment about the way I look yeah, weight-wise, physically-wise, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm really uh, aware that when I grew up, my mum, her standard phrase was she would talk about her skinny legs and her fat stomach and she would never stop. And it, it imposed in me the notion that you had a perfection that you should aim to attain. It was definitely a generation that yeah. had that pressure. Really? Mm-hmm. And I just won't ever talk about my body like that in front of my daughter. I talk about it being strong and I'm going to go for a run. And, I, you know, we have a little exercise each night where we give a little um, – we write down something we're grateful for that day. And so, you know, the other day I was like, oh, I was in Pilates and I'm grateful that my body is still strong. That's that's our message around our physicality. However, she does see me put makeup on all the time hmm. and she's yeah, really into makeup. So and, I wonder, yeah, you know, one-time question that I said to somebody, oh, you know, we're masking or whatever, but... We've done that forever, tribal, whatever. Yes, like yeah. we've done this. And I love so. it. I love the feeling and I love the look of it and she loves it too. She's very girly. She's Absolutely. into it. But she's, she also, she just thinks she's, she looks amazing. She oh, just yeah. thinks she's the most beautiful thing in the world. Fabulous. And she is to me. Like, yes. oh, honestly, I'm like, babe, I can't stop looking at no, you because no, you amazing. are perfection to me. Mm. And she dances around, you know, and, and nothing in her has taught her yet to compare herself to another physical being. And I know that's coming, but I guess when it does, we just speak about it and and are able to hopefully have a conversation where I say, babe, um, you are you, they are they. Mm. I think we're doing better. I think judging by the girls out there with their little... Peaches hanging out of their short butt. <laughs> yeah. But, but on the flip side of that, they have Instagram and we didn't yes. have that. Yeah, so that I feel like, me. again, the world is a very conflicted place. And but there's whilst they are. Be something else. Yeah, yeah. You know, we just, like and hopefully we're aware of it. And, and I know. think that's all it is. I think mm. we just actually, we, we don't need to work, we can work with it. Like, how do we work with it? Bring it in, yeah. stop this, because we do this and, it, sorry, I'm pushing my hands up. We push <laughs> right. away and it becomes something that's negative all of a sudden. How do we make it something that's just part of us? I know our parents yeah. are the same with us in video games. Oh, my goodness. True. You're oh, staring yes. at the television all yes. day. You're not outside. Yeah. I mean. There's always something. Yeah, there's always well, something. For me, the answer is 
focusing on the true self. It, all, everything comes back to that to me. for me is understanding, and again, in my 20s, I didn't know this and I wish I had, but understanding that this shell and however I present it is an expression of me, but it's not me. And that my true self is the is the being that speaks to me and my intention and the impact I want to have on the world and the people that I engage with. That's me. That's all that matters. Mm. And it's, you know... It's your compassion and your kindness and your in- intellect and your love and your creativity. That's all you want to think about. Mm. Good message. I like that. I always say to my kids, it costs you nothing to be kind. Yeah. So oh, do totally. it. Just be yeah. it to yourself and to others. Mm. Mm. Yep. There you go. Anyway, all right. Well, that was Ladies, what a lovely conversation. Thank can you. I, can I really enjoy it? I love, I love that you, um, you don't talk about your body shape. My daughter pointed out the other day that I had a big bum and I said, I don't have a big bum. I have a mum-sized bum and I jiggled it in front of her. <laughs> Well, I just have Geordie who's currently obsessed with mine. Yeah, good. Boys and their mum's bits. Oh. oh, I put it on Instagram. I'm like, is this normal? Everyone's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, let's embrace that then. Okay, good. What do we do with that? Yeah. I don't know what we do with that. You... Walking through the supermarket and he's got me behind, my, like, oh, like embracing my butt cheeks. Like, Mummy, I love this. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You are going to be the uh, um, example by which every girlfriend he ever has oh, has to yes. live up to. I hope so. Yeah. No. Watch out. <laughs> Hey, Joe. Um, thank you Thanks. for coming to join yes. us on the Wellness Collective today. Oh. Of course, people can see you on the television screen yes. in the House of Wellness in Australia. The House of Wellness uh, on Channel 7 uh, Sundays, sometimes midday, sometimes two. Okay, so you just look, have to just check us out. Monday. Have a look online as well, houseofwellness.com.au. That's probably the best. Mm-hmm. Yes. Got my books out there, Play Like a Girl book series, oh, which quickly. is about girls playing footy. I love under, that Under you 11 did that. girls footy team. Yes, that was amazing, continues to be awesome. And, yeah, got my columns out there. Amazing. <laughs> Your Sunday digital columns. My digital, digital columns. Until yeah. next episode, we hope that you are feeling a little bit happier. Healthier and better. Better about being a lady. 